My name is Logan Draper, and this is Modern Mad Men, episode number 35. And today, Jared Van and I sat down and talked about... What up, y'all? There it is. <laughs> Welcome back. We talked old sports, like us, us playing sports as kids. We talked about... What else did we talk about? Talked about reviews... Like generating reviews, not being scared of reviews, being vulnerable, being open to feedback, responding to negative reviews. I'm having a baby. You're Talked having about a that? baby. That probably should have been the first thing that I we left mentioned. Some, I left some messages to my future daughter, or I guess current daughter. Yeah, just not un unborn daughter. Yeah. Okay, sounds good. Let's get it. <laughs> So this is the KD show. KD. You want to talk about a, a sports hero? You got to talk about one KD. How, what makes him a hero? I don't know. His mom's MVP. That's one thing. He did. Uh, he did add that little phrase to everybody's vocab. He did. You the real MVP. He's also one of the best shooters ever. He is. He's kind of a freak. He just always looks he, – he doesn't really ever look the most athletic out there because he's just super lanky, but he's a killer. He is. I think he's surprisingly fast. I think he's a mental midget, though. I don't know. He didn't look like it in the finals this year. Well, off the court, he's a mental midget. He can't handle people trolling him on Twitter. <laughs> didn't he have a burner yeah. Twitter account? That's pretty funny. I kind of respect that. I heard, I heard a lot of rumors about him when he was in Oklahoma City from people who were there – that said he was awesome. Like he was he was playing outside, like shooting with kids, going to the college gym. Like I heard he was he was super dope. But if one of those kids would have started talking trash to him and questioning his greatness, he'd have smashed on him. He just would have came through the paint and just He ah! would have and then probably throwing the ball at the kid's face. Just gone inside. And then started I'm pouting. Done. I don't think that's true. He went and got his phone and started tweeting on his burner account about a five year old who was trash talking him. <laughs> yeah. Little Timmy started talking trash. Yeah. So we yeah. caught these hands. Yep. I don't know, man. Episode 35. That's what we should start doing. Just start, uh... We missed some good ones. I guess... I know. We 23. We got, got the MJ one. We mentioned that. But a few episodes ago, we had the, uh... The Scotty Pippen episode, which apparently Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was 33 too. Man, 41 is where we need to invest. I know. That dirt Nowitzki. That dude. That needs some needs some res- some more respect on his name. He does. He does. <laughs> and I feel like we can be the ones who provide I it because everybody's listening to us. We are the people for this. We got you, Dirk. We got you, Jackie Robinson. Another big one after forty-one. That's true. We got forty-two. That's a huge one. Oh, and then forty-three. My hero, Richard Petty. Richard Petty. Hank Aaron, forty-four. Oh, we got some good ones coming up. We do have some good ones coming up. Jimmy Johnson, forty-eight. Jimmy. My boy Jimmy. Some of these guys I don't even know who they Oh, David Robinson. Mm. Ray Lewis. Dick 52. Butkus. Best name in sports history. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he start, it starts getting a little kind of uh, oh, dicey yeah. up here at the top. We got Ray Lewis coming up too. Yeah, we missed some good ones. We did miss some good ones. Emmett Smith. We could start over. Roberto Clemente. Barry Sanders. Idea. Peyton Manning. Golly. Yeah. It's all right. We'll start from here. Pete Rose. Man, we missed some good ones. We did. I'm trying to see how far this list goes. 
I think it goes all the way to 100. Or no, I guess 99. 99. You know, don't look. Do not look. Who's number 99? I'm going to assume it's a hockey player. Oh, it's uh, probably Gretzky. It is. is. 99? It is. But the, in the honorable mention, there's an NFL player that you definitely know. Is he a cowboy? No. Um, He was a buck. Is it Warren Sapp? Yep. I swear I didn't cheat. I was on my way down to uh, to that portion of the page, but I did not get there. Yep. Wayne Gretzky. He was kind of a goat. I didn't really watch a lot of hockey, though. But he was fun on the video games. Yep. How are you doing today, buddy? I'm a little bit tired. I don't know why. The last few days, I've been tired. It's been a really rough week. Just like energy level wise. Well, probably because you're having to do a bunch of stuff to prepare for your daughter being born. Yeah. It's like this, this is like the weirdest phase of my life. Like when you're getting married, which is obviously a big deal. Then you know what the, you know what the date is. Mm -hmm. You even know like down to the hour. You know, like, hey, we're going to be married then. We're going to party and then we're off on our honeymoon together. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, like, when you're starting school, starting a job, whatever, this is, like, one of those things right now where we're just kind of, like, waiting. And we're tired, and she doesn't feel good. And it's just, like, any day now. And so she'll get to this place. I feel bad because I don't have to do any work in terms of actually having a baby. I don't know if you knew that. But the guy doesn't have the baby. Oh, you don't? No, no, it's weird. Um, I do. I do something new every time on this podcast. do literally nothing. But she... She'll get anxious. She's ready to have this human being out of her body. And then she'll start getting like some contractions or whatever. And then she just gets nervous because she's got to go into labor mm-hmm. and push a child out of her body. Yeah. Which doesn't make sense. I've had a kidney stone before, so I can relate. Yeah. Very this is, good. It's, point. It's, it's probably worse it's than having point. a baby as far as like pain scale wise. So that's a good point. My, my wife is. Tell me all the, the hardships he's going through with having a baby inside of her. I'm like, hey, listen, I've had a kidney stone twice. Yeah, twice. So I know. <laughs> actually, so the first one, I don't know why I'm going to go into detail about this. I'm sure people will, will love hearing this. But the first one was so small that apparently it just dissolved inside of me. It's still like the most painful thing ever. And then the second one, <laughs> it actually came out of me. And I was expecting it to be like kind of this big stone. And it was like microscopic. But it still hurt like crazy. But it still hurt like that. And they're about to birth. Well, my wife's not, but Katie's about to birth a a human. Like a six or seven pound human. Yeah. That's kind of nuts. Yeah, it is, man. So it's kind of a weird, like I'm not sleeping well. Partly because she's tossing and turning all night. <laughs> and partly because my brain's thinking about all the things I should probably try to get done before. Luckily, for the first time in our life, baby room's done. Thanks to you and your wife and... And Deanna and Craig, my house is clean. That's nice. Baby, I mean, everything. We're ready. Bags are packed. Now it's just like a waiting game. And it's exhausting. This is the most tired I've ever been. Like, I'm, like I'm physically. Imagine. It's one of the most tired I've ever been. I mean. But I have like this weird bolt, like boost of energy. The, like excitement to meet yeah. your daughter? Yeah. Like next week, man, I'm going to be a whole new person. You're going to be a father. I mean, te- oh, yeah. technically you're already a father. True, but I haven't had the responsibilities yet. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you, so, you've, you've had some, you've had the responsibilities though. Yeah, like, not life-changing ones yet. No. Just, I haven't been wiping anybody's butt. That's true. You know? So, I don't know. I'm wondering if it's going to give me some like superpowers, you know? They always say like you don't know that kind of love until you see your child or like motivation. I wonder if I'm going to be lit. 
I'm just going to be amped all the time. It's probably just going to make you a, t- a lot more emotional. Like you're going to be watching yeah, yeah. like a, a Rangers baseball game and see a dad and daughter in the stands just start crying. Yeah, for, it's going to be like that. But I kind of already cried during Ranger games. So well, just depend, well, this year it's been different types of tears than previous yeah. years. For sure. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm definitely going to be more emotional. Um, Like a lot more emotional. But also our family's never had a girl. So having the first girl, like I don't know what to do. And it's funny, I'm not even thinking about a zero to five to six to eight to ten-year-old. I'm thinking about a 13 to 18-year-old girl. That's when it starts getting scary. Yeah, I feel like I was a pretty good dude. Got to watch know? out for all those heathens out there. I, I felt like I tried to be respectful, but I still just like, you look back and you're like, man, guys are just a different human being. Yeah. Like literally and in every other way. And I'm like, man, I got to deal with a lot of guys now. So maybe if I can just scare guys early, get some kind of <laughs> some kind of tail going around, like don't mess with Ellie. Her dad's nuts. Because I'm not really intimidating looking. If you just saw me walking down the street... You're like, huh, huh. I'm not like a big jack dude. Mm-hmm. So I either got to hit the weights, which I need to do anyway, or I got to just square up and punch someone in the <laughs> mouth in front of everybody. You're just going to be mean mugging the male babies that are at the hospital. Yeah. And you'll have Ellie. Hey, come here. Yeah, come yeah. here. You do not look at this girl yeah, in, don't you, in 18 years. Yeah, don't you don't even lay eyes it. on her. Man, I'm excited, man. I'm, I'm, I bet. I'm excited to see what that's like. I'm excited for the thought of being a dad, and I'm still at least nine months away. Yeah. Whoa. Which is probably no. That's not. Whoa. <laughs> that'd be breaking. That'd news. be super bold on my part to not tell my wife I was announcing our that she was pregnant on a podcast. So you aren't telling. You aren't. No, announcing. No, 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 no. That was not an announcement. But you could have an announcement. I just don't know about it. No, there's no announcement. But there could be. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there. Just give me a no, wink. No, there, there. I don't. I don't think there even could be. Just right give now. me a wink. Y'all can't see us right now, but I am not winking. Loud and clear, Jerry. Logan just Loud and clear. Yeah, there's that would be a bold move though. Yeah. I'd have to, we'd have to edit that out. Yeah, that probably. Yeah, I can't, or I would just edit that out and just post it by itself. Could be a good way to get us some views though. I know. Huge announcement. <laughs> Nobody's ever done this on a podcast before because they were not stupid enough to do it. I'm waiting. I'm what I'm waiting for, Jared, is us to be in, um, and they're having the baby, and then like right in the, the heat of things, like starting to get serious, and all of a sudden the door kicks open. And you come running in, and you just set up the podcast stuff. <laughs> and you and I do a podcast live from labor and delivery. Yeah. Katie would probably hop down out of that bed and <laughs> kick me in the face. She, no, she no. Katie'd want a mic. Oh. She'd well, want then, a mic. In that case, I might bust through there. She she would want a mic, man. Because that's probably unprecedented on a podcast, too. I think it's illegal. but Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah, I don't think you're supposed to do that. That kind of makes sure. sense. I don't think in case something went wrong, I don't think they want to have an audio recording in the room, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So they're not liable. That probably makes sense. Who's the dude walking in with boom mics? Yeah. <laughs> not even boom mics, the arm mics. Yeah. So it's just on her, on her bed, me and you. But the funny thing would be that she's having labor and we're not even talking to her. Just me and you are doing <laughs> a normal marketing life podcast. Uh, yeah. That Introverts versus extroverts part two. That would not go over well. Which... Speaking of that, I found out there's a in between of those little update on the last al- episode called an uh, what's it called an ambivert. I was talking to a dude the other night and we got into that same conversation. And then he told me he was I think he I think he said it was an ambivert. He's an ambivert that leans extrovert. I was like, and then he was talking about like the characteristics of ambiverts. 
I better Google this to make sure that this is actually what it is. But I'm pretty sure that's what I am after, so it's, after so it's talking a, to him. It's a mixture. Yeah. Why do you think it changed? I just He was like just talking about some of the characteristics of these people. I was like, oh, that sounds just like me. A person whose personality has a balance of extrovert and introvert features. Hmm. An ambivert. I've never heard of that. That's wild. That's probably what I am. So I heard a podcast the other day, and I should have brought this up on the last podcast. But if you ha- if you take a kid and you tell him his whole life he's an extrovert, do you think he'll be an extrovert? Uh, he's either going to be an extrovert or he is going to be an introvert that's probably jacked up and wishes he was an extrovert. Yeah. Because I've always heard it like if you, t- if you tell someone, like, hey, like, Jared, you're an idiot. And, like, your family tells you your whole life yeah. you're an idiot. Like, you sometimes, you begin to believe it. Yeah. And there's some, I don't know. I don't know if that's true or not. I, don't I can know. barely keep up with my own brain. That or he's just, he's just going to, like, <sighs> naturally be an introvert, but he's going to feel yeah. like a failure because he was told he was an extrovert the, his whole life, and now he's not living up to those. He's not, those a good, he's not good at what people say he yeah. is. Ooh. See, that's scary. That is kind of scary. So don't, don't tell Ellie what she is. You're talking about her gender? I mean, come on, bro. Don't try and trap me. Whoa, it's 2018, my man. No, I agree. That's been so. That's like Katie and I's commitment to each other. Is like, what's the goal of raising the kid? You know, you see like a lot of pastors' kids, and they're a nightmare. Mm-hmm. So we're like, okay, not all of them, but a majority that we knew. Um, that's not true. We had some. <laughs> we had some great kids around us. Yeah, they grew up that way. But you just see that. Yeah. But like, I our biggest thing is like, if she knew that she was loved and she knew how to love people, I feel like she's going to be successful. Yeah. Like, that's it. Like, unconditionally. Because she's going to have, like, social... She'll be, like, developed socially and because she'll love people and we'll just be able to talk to people and she'll get a ton of different viewpoints from people. Yep. If I could tell her anything, she listens to this podcast and, like... <laughs> she better subscribe. Yeah, in, like, five years when she's listening to this podcast. Maybe 18 because it'll hold a little more weight. And probably still be trying to get to the top 200 then. Yeah. If she can surround herself with people, which is hard, her parents included, that and know that she is loved unconditionally no matter what she does. Like, she couldn't earn it, and she can't lose it. But if she can learn to love people that same way, like, if you can love somebody despite them sometimes, like, your friend goes off the rails and kills somebody. Like, if you can learn to love at that level, I think that, I think that the rest of life will fall into place. Yeah. And you will learn. But I think that's where most people struggle. Yep. Is that a lot of things are conditional. If I lose this job, if I don't do this, these people are gone. And if you have a friend that way, they're probably not your friend. And you should probably dip out. Just just riding, just constantly riding those emotions. Yeah. Which is kind of a scary thing because emotions can be super fickle. They are. And it's really easy to believe that, like in a comfortable room. Mm-hmm. When you get into the real world, they'll buckle in. Yeah. Can you imagine having news? Like, you know, uh, 18, 19, 20-year-old guy or girl who... Is gonna go home and tell their parents that they're gay, and like their parents are gonna kick them out. Like they're just like they're not loved anymore. You're not my family. Like I can't imagine that moment. Just just 18 years of build up and it's just over like that. Yeah, you're just like no, you're not you're not our kid. It's like jeez. Yeah, that that what? like that like breaks my heart every time. I forgot we were watching a show. Almost cried or something the other day, and that like same situation happened. And what show was that? I don't remember. Um, it's probably Queer Eye. I think we were watching Queer Eye. We're about to start that. Um, but one of the guys, like, when he turned 18, he told his parents, and they just disowned him, like, immediately. I was like, man, that's kind of rough. I just, I don't know. 
I have some hard lines in my life, but I just hope that love would trump most of those things. Yeah. You know, and that's got, you know, it's, you know, what's scary though is like looking at watching parents now and thinking about being a parent. Like, what do you do when you know your kid's wrong and you know what they're going to do is going to, it could destroy their life. Like that balance has got to be hard because love's not always like, give me a hug, high five. I'm proud of you. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's like hard truth. I just don't think when your kid comes home and tells you news that you don't like, that the hard truth is to kick them out forever. Yeah. yeah. That seems like counterintuitive. Yeah. So we should start a podcast like that. Just interview people that way. Just by like breaking huge news to them? Yeah. Just bringing their kids in and having them break the news to them on the podcast? And then work with the parents like, I don't think that's the right move. Which I feel like when you say break the news... It, infer, it like infers that it's negative, so I'm, I should probably stop saying that. That could be good news. I guess breaking news can be good. But you got to think for a person having to, to deliver news like that, especially like to them, it's got to be it's got to feel like good news to get something that, that yeah. they've believed or felt for a long time to somebody. But it's also got to be terrifying because you're like, how am I going to be that, accepted? That would be terrifying. I'm trying to think of another situation Jeez. like that. I mean, even for some people coming home being like, I got somebody pregnant or. You know, which is totally different because now you got a whole other human coming into the picture. I don't know. I just can't. I can't. Or even I guarantee you, kids have to deal with like, "Hey, I'm going to take this career path. I'm not going to go to this college." Oh, yeah. And families are just disappointed. Like you yeah. let the family down. Yep. I mean, can you imagine if I'd have told my dad I wasn't going to work here? He, he wouldn't have cared. Yeah, he would have been all right with it. You know, so I didn't have to deal with that. But I guarantee you, some people. It's like you're not you're not gonna be in the family business, you scumbag. Yeah, it's it's got to be hard growing up with like just constant pressure, like you feeling like you don't re- want to go, like be. I, I feel like it happens a lot with doctors. Like they have a, a family lineage of like doctors, and then somebody doesn't want to be a doctor or something, and they want to go to school for maybe to be like a computer programmer, and they're just like you're lazy, you just don't want to put in the work. Yeah. So I feel like it's gonna be hard growing up. Just like with that constant pressure, knowing yep. that I don't want to really be a doctor, but I know that my relatives are going to be super disappointed in me if I'm not. Yeah. And can you imagine doing it? Because like, you know they're going to be disappointed. Oh, yeah. And being like 38, 40. And hating it. Yeah. Yep. And you just invested all this money. You can't come back. It's kind of heartbreaking. Ellie, if you're listening to this podcast here in about three weeks, <laughs> and you can somehow understand this. She have a, she's she going to have a custom pair of headphones? Yeah. Oh, for sure. She has her, some earpods. She on her little head. <laughs> Man, I, uh, that, I think that's why I'm pretty lucky. I remember, like, this is such a terrible example after those other serious ones, but I remember I, I played tennis, and my dad played college tennis and loved tennis, and I can remember telling him I was quitting tennis and, and like, not sleeping the night before. <laughs> and then I remember, like, looking my dad in the eyes, and saying, I got to tell you something. And he was like, oh, shoot. You're, fell, you're filling another class. Jared beat me in tennis yesterday. Yeah, no. <laughs> that wasn't the news. That might have been the day I quit. <laughs> And having oh. to tell him, and he, he just, like, looked at me, and he's like, All right, okay. And I was like, what? Yeah. He's like, yeah, that's cool, man. Like, why do you want to quit? I was like, I don't know. I just don't love it as much as basketball. He's like, okay. Good for you. And then when I quit baseball, he's like, man, I think you're going to regret this. I really do. Because you're not good at basketball, and you think you are. <laughs> um, You should stick with this. But- and he, he's like, okay. Like, he didn't ever cared. Like, he never cared. And he may have deep down cared, but I never felt it. So I was like, dude, I can do whatever I freaking want to do. My, my dad's probably super proud right now because I just got news this past week that I'm about to be a baseball coach. That's right. <laughs> a, a, a volunteer baseball coach. So I'm just following in his footsteps. I'm keeping the family legacy going. 
even if it's a four or a one month long season. Your dad is like the goat. I know of uh, of baseball coaches. I know and basketball. He brought some heat there. He did. I remember laying on the ground one time after some kid had grabbed my leg, a flagrant foul for sure. I remember rolling over. I was probably crying because I was super soft. <laughs> and your dad just standing over there in the ref's face and just being like, let's roll. <laughs> let's throw some hands. And I think uh, that same game someone pulled the fire alarm. Dude, that was – I, like, distinctly remember that name. Cause that Or that game. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if I should say the team or not, but – They had a kid on their team who shot – with one hand. Yeah. Like like would be dribbling with one hand and bring the ball up with one hand and just launch it with one hand. Like I don't think the other hand even ever touched the ball. Just picture that. Picture how terrible you, that kid is. And he wasn't. He wasn't. He was pretty freaking good. I wonder if that carried on. It like if he's of, in high school and he's just like crossing over. He's like, whoop, one hand. Whoop. It's like a three-point layup. Whoop. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, hopefully. But, yeah, that dude was – Oddly good at basketball. He was, good. Using. he was very good. It wasn't like he was missing an arm or anything. I don't... He was... No, no, no. Just, just did it. No, yeah. He just... Yeah, I don't remember much about him. I just... I vividly remember being on that court and watching him shoot and being like, this guy's going to be a bum. And then him being their best player. And then that, that same team, I think it was the same team, had that dude who, like, threw up before every single game. It's the same team. <laughs> it is the same team. But he'd always just like it throw up water. Team. Yeah, he would throw. Oh up. He'd get anxious and throw so up. It's because he saw the Crockett Rockets across the yeah, court. He, did. he got oh, scared. Man, these boys haven't lost in years. Yeah. I remember. I remember legitimately being more nervous for those games than almost anything else, even junior high. Like against that one team. No, no, just like when we were playing on like basketball and baseball growing up. I just remember those games being so intense. Yep. I think it's because we knew everybody in the crowd. You know, and it was all friends and stuff, and there was it felt like there was a lot on the line. Like you were going to disappoint all your boys and your family. Like you'd have to go to your friend's house the next week, and they'd be like, oh, we would have won that game, but Logan, you know, struck out. Like it just always had the pressure. But there's a lot more pressure on you when you're a 12-year-old and you're selling out stadium or basketball courts. That's true. That's a good point. So I mean, also, it wasn't just friends and family. We had some, we had some local celebs coming to our games. That's true. I also remember very vividly. There being point four oh, or point five or point six seconds on the clock for a championship, mm-hmm. and we were down by one or two. Was it three pointers then? Yes, because that would have won it. So there were the three threes counted then. Mm-hmm. So we were down by two then for sure, and we threw it in. Who shot it? Matt. Matt shot it. Quick release before the buzzer went off. And they didn't give it to us. Because I think they're right. I think there is a number, but I can't remember if we were like. Yeah, I I had no idea about that rule at that point. I remember. I just remember that moment of celebration, and just being like, "Oh man, this is the best thing ever!" And then just seeing the referee, who I know who it is, <laughs> waving it off, and the level of disappointment. I remember yeah. at that point. I think that was the first time I ever cussed, <laughs> for sure. I think I dropped some bombs that day. <laughs> I remember getting in the car with my dad and just like losing it. He just getting in the car, getting in his BMW. No, he had a Mercedes. Just getting in there, and he turned Nelly on, of course, and just sitting there griping, and him just being like, "You couldn't have made it in that amount of time." And just like, "You don't understand." Yeah. 
like obviously physics. you don't know the rule because he did he, make it in that amount of time. Did you hear the horn? And I, oh, I remember going back and someone had videoed it and watching it, and he clearly got it off in time. But but I think the I think the call was right. They started the clock two seconds late. Yeah, yeah. Dang it, man. That was, that was a rough day in my childhood. Yeah, I remember that. Dude, I don't remember anything about school. I remember like very few things in my childhood, but I can remember moments like that. I can remember like the socks I was wearing, the food I ate that morning, and the moment of walking on the court and the whole crowd chanting my name. <laughs> that's what I remember. Oh, man, you do not remember very well then. Logan, Logan, I don't guess how it happened, Logan. bro. Yeah, those were good times, man. Yep. Just got witched off all chanting your name. I think it was, it was also sold out stadium. I think there was also more pressure then because that was literally your life. Yeah, it kind of was. You you went to school, which was whatever at that point in life. You came home, usually practiced three nights a week, and then you played these games. And you waited all year. I remember I'd spend hours just shooting, getting ready. Just out in the driveway, and I would shoot the same shot over and over again. Three, two, and I would shoot. And if I miss, I'd just run it back. Yep. It was always a three and one to, <laughs> to, to win the game every time. I'd have to fall. I'd have to get up. And then I have to make the free throw. If I miss the free throw, I have to run it back, you know. That, that carried over into your adult life. You've fallen down when you shoot threes. Yeah, it did, but it worked. It worked then? I had to have a pretty good percentage, even in high school, in my limited number of shots of being fouled on a three-pointer. I know how to kick that leg out perfectly and flop. I know how to make that little, uh, like that little <laughs> bit of noise. It's not like you're clearly faking it, but you're like, oh, you got my, I got my leg. And the ref is like, oh, it clearly hit him. Yep. Clearly hit him. Yeah. I was a legend back in the day. It sounds like it. That's the way I remember it, at least. Yeah. Which is all that matters. Yeah, that's all that matters. I think it was Brian. I think his name it is Brian. Isn't it Brian Scalabrini? You're talking about the. What, what's his first name? Scalabrini. Yeah. I think it's Brian. He played for the Spurs. Yeah. And they won a title. He won a title with somebody. So either yeah. the Spurs or the Celtics. We'll say the Spurs for the story. I remember them asking him after in a news conference after they won. The guy was like, hey, how does it feel, you know, like to not get on the court? you know, during this game and all that. And he said, you could tell he's annoyed. He's like, okay. He's like, first off, in like five years from now, I'm going to tell my kids um, that I played. In 10 years from now, I'm going to tell my kids that I started. And in 30 years from now, I'm going to tell my kids that I was a Hall of Famer. Like, they're not going <laughs> to remember the game. And that's the way uh, I man. treat all my sports memories. Yep. The further you get from people, you just the stories get better. You don't have any, you don't have any rings to show off, though. Okay, you got some. You got. A, I guess. I guess you got a trophy case, dude. We got. We got rid of them. And uh, I kept. No, I kept all the plates. Oh, did you? Yep. I don't know if I. My, I think my trophies are somewhere. I think they're in a tub in one of Emily and I's closets. Yep. So I think. I think my parents finally tubbed them up and made me take them. When I'm having a bad dad, I just go in there, and I turn on some, some old, like sh- like Chicago Bulls run out music. Now I put on like something like sad, like Dashboard Confessional. <laughs> Just look at your trophies. Just look at my plaques, man. <laughs> just like that was a good year. Just look at all your stats year. on your baseballs and uh, yeah, I remember your, your dad would take that baseball and he would he would write the stats out, and it was funny to read them because mm-hmm. I'd be like, you know, he had the number of doubles, and I remember having three home runs one year, and uh, I was just like, man, like what? At what point in the ballpark did you have to get to get an? On? I guess at that point, if you hit it under the right fielder's legs, yeah, you're scoring. Yep. But yeah, that was. Those stats were hilarious to look at. I had one that just said one double play. <laughs> and I remember that double play, and it was unassisted. Dang. Yeah, it was an unassisted. It was, it was at the Dr. Pepper ballpark oh. at Ranger Stadium, and I was playing first. Jeez. I don't know what happened, but I was playing your, first. Your huge Mickey Tettleton sweatband probably caught the ball for you. It did. I remember the ball. It was roped at me, 
but I th- oh it bounced. I I'll probably I I'll probably let it bounce because I'm a genius. <laughs> and I tagged the dude out and then and hit first. Yeah, it was a big deal. And in that moment, I remember sitting there looking up at the Lord and saying, "Yeah, I'll play at the Rangers ballpark soon." <laughs> that was it. And then I didn't play baseball ever again. Oh man, I th- I think your memory's a little bit jacked up. Yeah, no, it definitely is. That I, did happen though. That 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 moment I, did happen. I, I believe it. I, I uh, believe the double play. It was the easiest double play of all time. I, seriously, I was playing off the line a little bit, and it was not enough that it could have been an infield fly, but it I, it like one hopped my glove, and I just tagged the dude, then tagged first. It was genius. And then shredded back to the dugout. Yeah. I also remember in that same season there was somebody that was uh, like a parent coach who was trying to teach me how to throw a circle change. <laughs> I remember that. And your hands were like. Tiny. Yeah, I remember trying to throw that, and I remember thinking, I can't even throw a changeup or a curveball. My, my fastball is basically a changeup because I can't use just two fingers to throw the ball right now. I have yeah. to just put it in my palm to throw it. And just to clarify, it wasn't your dad. It probably was. No, it was not your dad. Your dad looked at me and said, you're not I mean, I would, teaching I would, you a circle change. I was throwing a curveball in second grade. Yeah, but you were a good pitcher. I'm just kidding. I wasn't throwing a curveball then. Man. I also remember, not to bring up bad memories or anything, your dad did peg me one time in coach pitch. <laughs> Probably because he was trying to throw a no-hitter. Hey, what? And I just remember at that moment being like, man, I'm terrified of getting hit by a baseball. Yep. Did he trash talk you a little bit? Yeah, he threw it high and tight once. And yep. I was like, kind of looked just at him like, brushed you back and if then... you do that again, I'm going to charge the mound. And then he just pegged me. You shouldn't have given him that look. Yeah, he went ahead and let me. That brush back was a warning, and then you gave him some lip, and the, all right, let's go. The best part about getting hit in kids pitch is you don't get to take your base. <laughs> You have to you have to brush it off, which I mean, what do you think he's throwing? Fifteen miles an hour? No, he is throwing at least fifty-five. Yeah, just had to wear it on the shoulder. Actually, it hit me in the back because he turned. Dude, dropping knuckleballs in there and had a mean hook. I think I think coach pitch would be better if the other team's coach pitched you. <laughs> you know, he just in there from from like the same, like that same distance. Too. Oh yeah, yeah, just throwing heaters. Uh, that'd be phenomenal. Yeah, we're, hopefully we we'll get to do that one day. Yeah, hopefully we we'll get to coach a team. Yeah. We're going to have to get on it to catch y'all so our kids are in the same grade. We'll run it back pretty quick, hopefully. Just don't make it too quick. Just time it with us. Yeah. We need to put a little team together. Yeah, we should, man. If nothing else, we'd get like two and have a spike ball team. That's true. Or a curling team. Curling team. That'd be good. Yep. You know, at that point, it might just be eSports. We might just be in there coaching Madden. I, well, <laughs> you definitely aren't the Madden coach. That's probably that's probably not true. I'm pretty good at Madden. I've beaten you twice this week. No. No. See how my memories work? Yeah. Yeah, you just prove that your memory is absolutely terrible. No, nah, man, I'm a winner. I just always erase the things that I'm like, that's not going to help me grow. Well, apparently you erasing doesn't help you grow. <laughs> I realized after I said that, that's like the least, that's like the worst winner's mentality. Yeah. You don't erase the Just, just forget the failures. Hey, this is literally the perfect segue, and I didn't even mean to get us here. We're going to do it. We're going to talk about reviews. Okay. I said a race. Oh, yeah. So that's what made me start okay. to think. Yep. I totally forgot we're going to talk about. It, so I'm glad that we we, we almost missed our review episode again. We did, man. I don't know how we get we started. Out. Yeah. Good gosh. We probably just need to jump off the uh, jump into the intended subject off the off the start, and then get into other stuff later. Yeah. Hey, if you're listening to this podcast. Send us some feedback. Yeah. We've gotten some user submissions, and we'll keep rocking those. Um, you can email Logan at designworksgroup.com or Jared at designworksgroup.com. We'd also really appreciate it if you would subscribe. Mm-hmm. Subscribe. Subscribe. 
It just kind of sound weird throwing that B in there. Yeah. Subscribe. subscribe. Yeah. If you would do that, leave us some ratings. We are, uh, yeah, we're just trying to grow this thing. The more we grow it, better equipment, more we can do. So we would appreciate that. Okay. A race. Mm-hmm. So we've had some conversations the last few weeks. Let's start out with the importance of reviews. How much should a business invest in acquiring reviews? And how much weight should they put on reviews? So I think reviews are extremely valuable, positive and negative reviews. If you are a business that is looking how to grow, you listen to your consumers, a negative review can be super beneficial for like, oh shoot, maybe our customer service wasn't up to par in this instance, so we can work on our customer service. But it can also be positive because it gives you a chance to um, interact with people who had a negative experience with your business. And um, like reviews are public, like people can see your reviews. And if you're like showing the initiative to respond to negative reviews, a lot of people will respond to positive reviews by just saying like, thank you or something like that. We we appreciate your business. But if you're um, initializing, like responding to negative reviews and being proactive about fixing the problem, people are going to appreciate seeing that. So I think review generation and responding to reviews is extremely beneficial. If you can like start building a strategy around uh, generating reviews, um, don't don't be scared of it. A lot of people don't do that because they fear just getting a ton of negative reviews. If you fear that, then that means you probably feel like there's something you aren't doing right customer service-wise with your business. Yep. So if you're just inherently fearing reviews, and there's probably something that you need to fix with your customer service anyways. Yeah, I think it's a culture changer. Yeah. I think it'd be cool if you're like in a food industry or in a heavy customer service industry to incentivize the your front line. Mm-hmm. Incentivize your tellers, incentivize your um, servers, your front desk people. Because if you get a bad review, that's the thing that frustrates me the most is that people get a bad review. And as a business owner, when you love your business, you justify. Like, wow, that's not how it usually is. Or they're a liar. They're an idiot. And trust me, those people are out there. They just leave bad reviews because they're just, they, they cannot be happy. They mm-hmm. just, but I think you have to take everything and learn from it. If, if the same name of somebody keeps coming up, if someone keeps saying Jared's name in, in reviews and it's not good, I should probably look at changing how I've trained you yeah. or get rid of you. If your name keeps coming up as a good thing, I should probably be, I should probably incentivize you to let you know like, hey man, this is dope. I appreciate your work. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think a lot of people, they just, the reviews are huge now for search ranking, for how people view you. We we saw, I wish I'd have read these down. Uh, we saw, we heard some stats the other day from a company trying to sell us some stuff about reviews and they were all a lie. But um, oh, yeah. <laughs> those are so bad. But I do think that a large majority of people go back and read reviews. Oh, and this yeah. article said, like most people don't look at reviews that are three months old. I'm the opposite. I look, I want to see like a gamut. Mm-hmm. I don't care about the best reviews. I usually knock out the worst reviews unless they sound sane. And I just kind of follow that like, okay, what do people normally say? Yeah. Hey, if, if someone's always saying the food's slow. It's probably slow. Yeah. And I think that's a future thing that could happen. Yep. I need like a little thing that for my future predictions. <laughs> I think it'd be interesting to see like on Google if it would show those keywords mm-hmm. heavier. Like, yeah. Yeah. Most people say this restaurant is yeah. slow. Has... Great food and 
love Sarah, whatever it is, like has those things. I think that would be kind of cool. Yeah. Like I've, uh, was doing just some searching for a garage door repairman the other day and they don't have like the largest social presence in that industry, but, or just even online presence in that industry. But, um, like I found myself just gravitating towards the ones that had reviews. Like most of them did not have any reviews and I like would not call them Yep, because they didn't have any reviews. Um, so I would like go to them, check out the reviews and always, always start with reading like the most recent ones. And I'll go to like the one star ones, read all the negative ones and then read some of the positive ones. But if, if they have no reviews, I'm probably not going to pick you. Yeah. If you were on Amazon and you had two products that look the same in boxes, like just you're, you're buying a product, you're like they, they look the exact same. One is $5 cheaper. One's 105, one's 100. One has 900 reviews and one has zero. The cheaper one has zero. Mm-hmm. Which one are you buying? I'm buying the one that's five bucks more. It just feels safer. Yeah, for it sure. Feels like safer. It just seems like more people have bought that item, more people have used that item, and they, I don't know. I feel like the no star reviews is a scam. It's either a scam or it's like a completely new product that nobody has tested yet. Yeah. It, it does make me incredibly nervous. So we also found out that people are able to, as a business, you can hide your reviews. Which has to be, I think it's a fairly new thing because it hasn't always been like that. You can't, we're, we're talking about like Facebook right now. Yeah, yeah. and you can't hide um, a review. Uh-huh. You can either just turn the review module off, which people can't even leave you a review, mm-hmm. or you can leave it on. So to a business owner who's sitting here, and they're, let's just say they're sitting in a three-star rating. They, they, maybe they bought the business or things have been bad in the past. Should they hide their reviews, review I, module? I like, I'm a person that uses reviews a lot and I don't really trust businesses that I can't find reviews on. So even if you're at three stars, I still would not recommend hiding reviews. Yep. Would you? No, no. I think it's, I, I'm going to go as far to say it's almost, it's almost unethical. Yeah. Not, not that I think that, that, that someone could show me, if you have a situation, please send it in. But I see it even if you have a 1.7 out of 5, which is brutal. Something's gone wrong. Not Everybody's not crazy. You've dropped the ball. So make it better. Fix your system. And then incentivize your customers that are now having a better experience to go mm-hmm. and change that. Because just settle on that and just to say, bah, we don't want people to see it. Man, that's a problem. Yeah. That's yeah. a huge problem. Yeah, that's a, that's a massive, massive problem. Unethical is probably not a good word. But I definitely think that it seems like you're hiding something. Yeah, and that's like that's what I always think when somebody doesn't have reviews. Which now I know that businesses can apparently hide their reviews on Facebook. So if a business has their has a business page on Facebook, but they don't have a review section, I'm going to move on. Yep. Because I'm going to just immediately think they're hiding something. They have bad reviews, or people are constantly talking about poor customer service, and yep. they aren't being proactive to fix it. They just want to hide it and move on. Like invest the time into fixing the problems instead of just trying to hide it and. Uh, sweep it under the rug. Yep. That's not good business tactics. Yep. Like don't don't be afraid. You might get a few bad reviews. I think every business that's ever existed has gotten bad reviews. It's For how sure. it's how you react to those reviews and what you do as a business after you get those reviews that matters. Those those negative reviews can be positive in a sense. So they're not positive if everything you do is about how you look publicly, mm-hmm. which sounds like a good thing. But I want to know, 
as my friend, I want you to tell me when you see something wrong. Like, I want you to be like, hey, man, your hair looks dumb today. Hey, I don't really like the way you talk to your, like the way you talk to your wife's a little rough. I think you'd be a little more loving. And so as a business, you kind of want people to tell you. Yeah. Now, it'd be nice if, if, if you own a business. I, I would like as your friend to probably call you versus leave you a review. But if somebody's willing to take the time to rant on your thing, it's going to make you mad. But I would do something about it. I'm yeah. surprised more businesses don't hit people up and say, like, how do we fix this? Yeah. And some people want to, but some people just don't care. They're like, I don't like Sally. She's the worst. She always does this. Um, and I know some people are chasing free stuff. I get it. But, yeah, it's a, it's your storefront. Mm-hmm. It's literally your storefront. Yeah. I, I kind of wish we had maybe not – more maybe not more than like five negative reviews, but I kind of wish we had a couple negative reviews on Modern Madden, so I knew what people did not like hearing. Agree, I agree with that. But I yeah, to, I totally agree with that. I make a lot of purchasing decisions based on reviews, and if I can't find them anywhere, I'm probably not going to trust what's going on with your business. Yeah, I don't know, and I, I wish people. My number one, probably frustration with people when it comes to like their Facebook page, their website, their digital presence in general, is you spend a lot of money building up your physical storefront, which less people walk in and walk through than your digital one. And if you have a restaurant, it needs to be, it needs to be cool. But why not invest in creating a a great experience for someone digitally as well? And part of that is reviews. Mm -hmm. If it's a restaurant, especially, or a product, or another B2B I'm going to use, I always look at the reviews. And so I think to turn them off is detrimental. Maybe you'll maybe you'll win some business because they don't know that you're not good at it. Um, but I think that you'll you'll lose a lot of integrity in the long run. Yeah. You just look at how, like, I, there's been studies done on how people, how, like, purchasing behaviors have changed. And most people will search for products, read reviews, and then make a decision. Yep. So a whole part of that whole purchasing behavior is reading reviews. Yep. So here, here's an example. We have, uh, I was trying to find this. We have a, this is the first one I could find. We have a one-star review on our DesignWorks group uh, Facebook page. And this one's frustrating to me, but, you know, I'll, I'll explain how it happened. We got a one-star review from a guy that we have personally never done business with, Right. And he, all they left was a was a one star review, and um, we commented and said, "Oh, Jared Van commented, um, you know, we're sorry that you felt that you had to leave one star with the, with the person's last name. Can you help us understand the reason or reasons for the review?" No comment. I personally tried to add and message the guy to say, "Hey, like, hey, what's going on?" Obviously, I want him to change his review. But I also just kind of want to know, like, yeah, because I'd, I'd know. I'm, I I remember this, and I'd like. It came like super out of the blue. I I did try to find this guy too. I had no idea who he was, and it was just like frustrating because he didn't leave like a comment or anything. Yep. But I don't know. Hopefully, people saw us respond to it and everything, and saw us be proactive about it and appreciated that. So there's like some situations like that that are kind of out of your control where somebody just leaves you a straight rating with no review, so you don't even get any feedback. You don't know the person. Yep. They're just trolling you. But I still think you can turn that into um, making your business look proactive about um, making the user experience better. Yeah, I saw – there's another – there's actually two of them now. 
that are just one star reviews and and I honestly don't think we did biz- business with either one. Um, but I'm not gonna turn the module off. Yeah, I'm, I'm just not. I don't think I don't think that's um, the way it should be done. And also, Facebook's doing that uh, point. They're showing the rating now on your profile picture in search, which I think is very very mm-hmm. important. So I don't know, man. I think that if you can take that, take good criticism and change the culture of your business, who gives you better feedback than people who don't know you personally but experience your product? Probably no one. Nobody. So if, you, if you're struggling with that and you want some feedback, hit, hit your boy Jared at designersgroup.com up because he um, is super good at, at the PR side of this thing. And try to be. That's a compliment. Thanks, man. That's a huge part of what we do. That's a huge part of social media is PR. Mm-hmm. So we, we've seen a lot of people turn really bad situations into really good ones. Yeah. Really bad ones. Like you, situations that were re- that actually happened in real life that were really, really bad. Like newsworthy. And the way this person took the review, handled the person. We've seen that person go from a one-star rough situation yeah. to a five-star thankful for care. Yeah. It just takes making yourself vul- a little bit vulnerable. Which, yeah. as I think, is something that a lot of people fear. But I think vulnerability is a, a positive thing. Yeah. You actually get feedback. Makes your business human yeah exactly which is nice mm-hmm. we actually got to a topic we did we blacked out on some some olden some some good old years talk good sports years good old days welcome back to coaching my man man i'm kind of excited kind of nervous i'm excited to come watch you coach i kind of just want these kids to pitch to me so i can hit off them hey, danger <laughs> danger i've already been practicing on bat flips can i come out one day and uh Hit some dingers. Yeah. You can be our like all time pitcher during scrimmages. And then you can get it. You can you can be a pitcher who uh gets to bat as well. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to start looking up baseball drills and stuff because it's been a while since I've gone through like a baseball practice. Yeah, I watched a video the other day of some dude, some kids that had been thirteen to fifteen, I don't know, from like the Dominican Republic. It's doing some crazy drills. This kid was a shortstop. And he was like it was like on the run, running to second. He was like filling it through his legs, spinning around, throwing darts. Holy cow! I mean, looks like me. I might, I might start me a uh, coach van business page on Facebook. You should. Should so, so I get some reviews from the people? I, at that point, Jared, I would, I'd recommend just turning the review module off. <laughs> nah, it's I want, not, not worth it at that point. Man, Coach Van is the worst coach I've ever seen. Yeah, this guy. Yeah, man. You got any uh, any words for the people? I don't know. This I've been struggling the last couple of days. At the end of the day, just been tired. It's been a rough. Uh, it's it's been me, a long week. It's been hard for me to come up with something this week. Just don't don't uh don't fear vulnerability. You can grow through it. You can grow through Short it. Short and sweet. I like that. There it is. Yeah, I think just be authentic. Use that one. You use that in the last four weeks. Hey guys, I think you should just be authentic. I think you should be real. No, I think that um, I was trying to. I'm going to confess. I was trying to send an email, so I kind of locked up for a second. Know. This podcast is going to go downhill if you aren't if you aren't like progressing the I conversation. I'm sorry. I just got an important email. I was I'm just I'm just going to sit here in the silence. Yeah, I got an, I got an important email. And I was trying to send it off. Clients come first before the podcast. Um, I, I think that 
whether it be reviews or inside of your company or inside of your home, inside your friendships, create ways to receive feedback, good and bad. Take all that feedback, process it, and, and begin to make the appropriate change. And also give the people around you feedback, good and bad. I don't think you're very good at this. I think you're getting better at this. I think you could do better at this. And if people want to grow, they will. And if they don't, you probably don't want them in your culture. Mm-hmm. That's my word. Words good, for the day. That's a good one. Hey, man, I was ready. I'll never, nice. I'll never email again. Hey, thank you. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Yeah, thank you all. We greatly appreciate it. Again, please hit subscribe. Leave us a review. This was the whole setup. And a rating. Yeah, I guess I was trying to tie it in. If, if, you, leave, if you leave a, a rating, please leave at least some some feedback with the rating yeah we'd appreciate that a lot yeah we'd appreciate that a ton cool man we'll do some podcasts soon before this baby gets here Mm. we out you messed it up i gotta do it again and we out